You see, a year ago, I was close to perfecting the first magnetic desalinization process, so revolutionary. It was capable of removing the salt from over 500 million gallons of seawater a day. Do you realize what that could mean to the starving nations of the Earth? Wow. They'd have enough salt to last forever. Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we're feeling nostalgic for, we then revisit and review it to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. I'm your host, Michael Jabez, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Connor O'Keen. How you doing, Connor? Good, man. I'm not even going to attempt to say something funny to segue into into this one because nothing I, ca- I could say could possibly be as funny as this movie. That's and right, yes. To just, to just <laughs> recite a line or reference a line from this movie, we're going to be doing that enough this episode, I would, I would wager. So let's That's just right. get into it. My pick this week is the 1984 satirical comedy film Top Secret, directed by Jim Abrahams, David Zucker and Jerry Zucker, with also them, the three of them writing it. Film stars Val Kilmer, Lucy Guttridge, with appearances from Peter Cushing, Jeremy Kemp, Michael Goff and Omar Sharif. The film is a satirical World War II spy flick in which um, American rock and roll star Nick Rivers uh, gets enthralled in a resistance plot with Hilary Flamond, who is searching to rescue her father, who is a scientist imprisoned by the East Germans as part of their evil plot. Those wacky East Germans. God, they're, they're real, you know. They're incorrigible. They're, they're real n- nuisance. <laughs> Now do you see, Connor, now do you see what a, a funny, funny parody film is? Hey, again, the, 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 this, this is a, a golden, this is a, a shiny example of like a golden age of these kinds of movies. Uh, again, Scary Movie 3 is King of Trash Mountain. It's a shining <laughs> example of the, the dismal uh, uh, examples that we had of, of that era. Mm. Um, but yes, no, I, I absolutely agree. This is a, a million times better. It's it's the night and day. Yeah, this movie is ridiculous. As I mentioned last week, uh, at the end of last week's episode, that this is I think my favorite Zucker Brothers movie. Um, yeah, I can see why. It's just like I just yeah. The second I switched it on, I just couldn't help myself grinning and and giggling and out loud laughing in an empty yeah, room with yeah. by myself. Oh, at, yeah, same here. At yeah, the hilarity, yeah. it's. It's so good. It's so funny. The the laughs per minute on Oof. offer here is unreal. Fucking unreal. Not a scene goes by without something making me actually like laugh out loud. Mm. Yeah. So when I first saw this film, I think it was it was really late at night because grew up didn't have very good internet. Also, you couldn't stream shit on the internet anyway at that time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a big big movie buff, and I would scour the the like the TV guide for like movies and stuff. Ah yeah, nice. Um and just like anything that would be on that would it would be better than the fucking late night commercial bullshit and mm. whatever crappy crappy shows they played at night. I I I think though I started watching this one partway through on my first viewing. I didn't it was just something like I I was like flicking through channels mm. and found it and it caught my eye pretty quickly and it's like what the fuck is this i'm going to i'm going to stick with this <laughs> yeah um and then it, it had thoroughly won me over i don't know i think i probably hadn't seen airplane yet okay 
And I was just kind of like, what the fuck is this? But it had absolutely won me over by the end. And when they jump into the water, we're skipping way to the end though, but when they jump mm. into the water and have the fucking saloon fist fight <laughs> underwater, I was like, yeah. this is the greatest piece of fucking filmmaking I've ever seen. This is incredible. <laughs> like the sheer logistics of fucking shooting something like that um, yeah. is incredible. And then I had, I didn't remember the name of the film. So it was something that I'd forgotten for a really long time. And then I saw Red Letter Media do a video on it. And Ah, wow. It was that far like down the line that you recalled the name of it. Oh my God. It was only like a year or two ago that I was reminded by it because I just uh, it wasn't because I saw that and was like, oh my God, this is the movie. I just chucked it on because I watched their stuff. And then they started talking about it. I'm like, wait a minute, this is familiar. And then I'm like, oh my God, this is the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um so then quickly I grabbed a copy and rewatched it, and it was even funnier than I remember. Mm-hmm. Cool. I um, this is my first time watching this movie for this podcast. Uh, I saw Air- Airplane when I was maybe thirteen or fourteen, and uh, adored it, loved it. Um, it. It made me laugh so hard I cried. <laughs> I don't think I knew this movie was a Zucker Brothers film until earlier this year, actually. Wow. Like this has just never been on my radar. Um, because I always associated it with. Uh, there's a series of movies called Hot Shots. Yes. Uh, yeah. And Hot Shots Part Deux. I think I actually saw Hot Shots Part Deux like after this that uh-huh. like, or like a similar time, like like the next week it was on late, yeah. at, late at night yeah, and I right. caught that one. Uh, d- like I've associated this movie with that series kind of in my head. I thought they would be of a similar caliber and the Hot Shots movies looked so shitty by comparison to Airplane yeah. that I just uh, like I-, I had no interest in watching Top Secret and that is in, in large part thanks to the terrible DVD cover that this movie has or every 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 piece of marketing for this movie uh posters but especially DVD covers look like fucking garbage they yeah. tell you nothing about the movie They're it's just really it's Val Kilmer kind of doing like a dance pose and just shitloads of cows yeah yeah so the original poster was just the the cow on the cover with the with the gumboots on and yeah. it has the big red like stamp like the top secret stamp yeah um, and like that, that was the tagline of all like shh, like loose lips, sink ships mm, and stuff. Mm. It's top secret. And it just said like from the original, uh, from the makers of the original airplane. There is a cover, there is one poster that it's, it's not as high quality as the original illustrated poster for airplane, but it is mm-hmm. uh, the same thing of um, that poster, which is the, the plane like tied in a knot. Mm. They did a, a, a submarine underwater tied in a knot. Ah, but it's okay. like there's no like English version of that poster. It's all like ah. a fo- foreign language ones. Yeah, and I feel like that's a more kind of at least iconic imagery that it's like a little certainly bit- more eye catching. And I think it and I think it it it, it communicates what the movie is a parody of far better. Like yeah. Top Secret with Val Kilmer in a field, cows falling down. I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what I'm getting into and. At, at a glance, it, it seems like what I would be getting into is not worth getting into, so yeah, I never yeah. got into it. Totally. I saw another poster. I think it was the our Australian one because uh, famously here the film wasn't called Aeroplane. It was called Flying High because there uh-huh. was already something else with that, you know, film title or something in our region. Yeah. And this was – it's a similar poster to the cow one that says Top Secret. Um, it's just a white background. And it says like shush on it, but instead of the yeah. cow, it has just like uh, a big pair of red lips with like the lips are zipped up, lips are sealed, and it okay. says from the original makers of Flying High instead of 
the makers of Airplane. But again, oh, like that, okay. it still didn't. They didn't really give you much to go. No, on. I, no, no. And I mean, it's a strange one to try and uh, be marketable at a glance because it's this really weird. It's parodying two, like primarily two very uh, like disparate genres mm. in the like the World War Two kind of spy thriller thing yeah. and Elvis movies. Elvis movies, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> how do you communicate that? How do you communicate that it's not only a, a parody of like spy thrillers, but it's also a parody of of the uh, like the the Elvis music, the Elvis uh, musical kind of thing is like it's not just that character. The way the sh- the film is shot and the way the plot progresses, it meshes those two things together so well. Yeah, like, yeah. They're they're equally uh, important aspects to get across in your your marketing. And yeah, fuck it, I don't know how you do that, but yeah. it does lead to this weird scenario where uh, people like myself, who I, I, this would have been uh, an all time favorite of mine had I seen it growing up, um, yeah. but I just never did because shit, man. Yeah, no, it's a it's a fair point because again, like those two different types of things don't sound like a very appealing. Even if you knew, like the tr- the poster doesn't tell you that, but if the poster did tell you that, you'd also think, uh, yeah. <laughs> Elvis <laughs> Presley <still> gonna- movies, <laughs> Elvis That's Presley movies work. are shit. Like if you look how many movies he made, he was making yeah. like they were like the lifetime tele TV movies made for TV yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. shit. He made like fucking like thirty of those things, and they're all the fucking same, and they all have to work in somehow. That it's like, oh yeah, but he's also a really talented musician, so. He can sing songs and it's yeah. like and he was fucking terrible where like Val Kilmer doing the Elvis shtick is so much more endearing and charming it's, it's than hilarious. Elvis doing doing his own movies yeah right and uh, speaking of uh, plot of how those two things mesh together it's got a really solid cohesive plot I think yes. a lot a lot more involved than Aeroplane yeah I was thinking that too where yeah. it's a very simple premise and just tons and tons of slapstick gags. Yeah. This has a lot more going on, but it doesn't have that ridiculous uh, disjointedness that the scary movies do where you're like, what the fuck is this plot? Because you're just kind of like copy-pasting things from different different movies. This is yeah, like exactly. they really thought about it and it all blends together so well. Well, yeah, it's like they took a, a, a the framework of one of these stories, figured out how they could lay the, the framework of, of, a, of one of these Elvis movies kind of on top of it so that they kind of slot together like, like Lego pieces or something <laughs> um, and then just go gag for gag for gag, like just go through every scene and go uh, watch those movies alongside each other and go, okay, this happens in those movies. Wouldn't it be funny if this happened instead? Yeah. Um, like just off the top of my head, the the where they're crawling under the fence and uh, oh, he sees the, the boots on the ground. And, and you there's go like a like, musical <gasps> cue and, it, and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, and it pans up and it's just a pair of boots. <laughs> a pair of boots in the field. Like, That's so good. It, it's it's really, um, it's fucking wonderful. Those sort of gags that you go, that is just people, like dudes sitting around, like riffing on stuff, going like, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if there was no one there? It's just a pair of boots. Like it's it's <laughs> so so fucking uh, broad in its appeal, but so genuinely funny. Yeah. Like so actually clever. And I think uh, what makes this movie so good and stands the test of time for the most part is that a lot of the jokes are parodying that type of genre of film and not yeah. specifically one specific movie. So there's moments where you're like, oh, when he jumps on the motorbike and he's doing jumps over barbed wire fences, that, yeah, yeah. that's shot to look like uh, the end of The Great Escape, but it's mm. not 
calling that much attention to it that if you haven't seen The Great Escape, you're like, what the fuck was that supposed to be? Yeah, it, it yeah. There's really itself. only yeah, there's really only a couple of jokes in this that are uh, pop culture of the time kind of sensitive where. Mm. Like I, I think the the Mel Tome, uh gag, yes, is it like would be lost on people now. Yeah, the only reason I knew the name Mel Tome and, and who that was is because uh, of a Seinfeld episode. Ah, uh, right. Um, where he he's he's in it. Uh, and and that's like shit. Ch- chances are, uh, you know, I I could have not seen that episode and not known who that person was and just yeah. got nothing out of that joke. Absolutely. But instead, there's it's it's jokes and parodying on f- the filmmaking in those movies. But you're like, this yeah. is what happens in that kind of movie. Like, this is the kind of cliche that, yeah, that, yeah, that you yeah. would see in that. And they're subverting yeah. that cliche in funny ways. Yeah, yeah. Or taking, like, even just lines from those sorts of movies, like uh, where they go to the, um, uh, they're like, you know, there's a potato farm out this way and the guy who owns the farm is named <laughs> Albert Potato. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, shit like that is really funny. Uh, I think one of the ones that I thought at first was going to be, because I didn't remember it that well because I've only watched the movie like two and a half times. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Uh, the the backstory of how she gets uh, stranded on the island mm. that is a that is an actual film. I remember oh, okay. seeing that because it is it's quite controversial. So I remember seeing it in like fucking twenty to one lists. You know, which is the, that fucking Australian TV show? Where oh they yeah, count yeah, down. yeah. I used to love that. I used to love that show. Before it's, they it's became watch, it's Watch Mojo's at home. Yeah, dude. it's before Watch Mojo and, and Buzzfeed did it on the internet. And um, yeah, it was like this. It was very raunchy for for the time because they were like basically naked the whole time, and then they sleep together. But then they're actually like siblings or something in the, in the actual film. It was this weird thing. So that's oh. where I know the backstory from is that it got mentioned uh, because ah. of that shit. But I think okay. that. Without knowing what that movie is, you understand the like Robertson Crusoe castaway yeah, thing, yeah, and then they're yeah. like, "We built these things out of our <laughs> out of our what our snot and then leaves <laughs> yeah, and yeah. stuff." Yeah, and then they've yeah. got fucking like shopping carts and and cars with ele- uh, uh, houses with electric opening garages, and it's like the joke works without the context of Absolutely. knowing that this is a film. Yeah, yeah. I think the the only two jokes that felt uh, like you needed context for them was the the Meltome joke and the uh, the the bit with the car, which I understand is like oh, yeah, there the was a, a car that was yeah that was like uh, infamous for being for for, for exploding if you for got rear-ended. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the what the engine was in the back. Yeah, it was just this really dumb placement of it that just like because there are there are lots of cars where the engines in the back. It was something yeah. about that specific car of how it was engineered that. Mm. It just made it explode and catch yeah, fire yeah. when it was rear-ended. Yeah, um, yeah, awesome. The other one I what I noticed, uh, the joke that I didn't quite pick up on was the um, whatever that drink is that they, like, pour for him and it, like, melts oh, the glass. okay. Yeah, I just laughed at it because, it like, it's acid and it fucking melts the glass. Like, I that's assume because the, the bottle but... says, like, 1984 on it or something or 1982. Like, it's obviously, like, a current drink that didn't exist back in the World War II era times that they're just, like, yeah, taking yeah. the piss out of because it's a, a, a terrible drink or something is yeah, the joke. Yeah, like Ripple or something. Yeah, yeah. Instead of it being, like, I took the liberty yeah. of ordering you this and normally it would be, like, the, you know, the really nice wine or the champagne or the whatever and mm. it's this fucking garbage drink that yeah right but yeah overall like i think the jokes are such like so many visual gags like a mile a minute like you were saying about the things that make you really giggle in scary movie 3 like there are some jokes in scary movie 3 that are as good as the jokes in this Mm. but there's only like the movie's filled with like 
2% of those jokes in Scary Movie yes. 3, where this is like a 98% chock full of those jokes yeah, and it just doesn't yeah. give up. That the, the one or two that don't really hit, it's like, ah, oh, it's fine, whatever. Like, we're over it so quickly. Yeah, <laughs> that totally. We're on You're to on the, the next, next funny joke. joke. Yeah, yeah. What I think sells these jokes so much better than, than the Scary Movie 3 stuff is that none of the jokes, no matter how wacky they get, none of the characters kind of negate the, the premise of the of the movie it's 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 always a spy movie where this shit is happening and people are just kind of uh, it, it, almost ignoring the the wacky shit that's that's occurring. Nobody most ever of the draws time, attention yeah. to the goofy nature of of the things that are happening. I think the only character that kind of like does a bit of like eye rolling and stuff and kind of acknowledging um the goofiness is uh, I've forgotten the guy's name, but the guy with the toothpick, Jack Hughes. Half of the yeah 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 Jack Hughes. Half of the characters in Scary Movie when something wacky happens, they'll kind of like Charlie Sheen's always rolling his eyes and stuff. Mm. So it kind of they they negate their own the the, the premise too too often. Yeah. Whereas here it's like so like they're so wholeheartedly committed to yeah. no 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 this is a this is a straight faced spy movie um which it, like treating treating the the absurd with utter sincerity is such a winning formula totally like just yeah. just in general but in my book that is like that that is the stuff I I want to write and that's like what we were talking about with Leslie Nielsen that's what he did so well was they give him the craziest material to do and he just does it straight-faced. And um, that's what Omar Sharif's character, the agent, is. That's a similar case of he's like a dramatic actor and he was in like mm. Lawrence of Arabia and shit. And then they're mm-hmm. like, let's put him in this movie and like shoot ink in his face and then have an exploding cigar and all this <laughs> shit that feels like they're just kind of like making fun of him. And they're yeah. like, look, we got this really fucking... It would be like, you know, if like Sir Ian McKellen was in the movie and they're like fucking like... <laughs> honking his nose and slapping him around and kicking him over uh, and stuff yeah even the even the 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 wait you dropped your phony dog poo what phony dog poo that is so <laughs> fucking juvenile but i laughed so hard at that <laughs> it's uh, uh, i can't you can't help but um but laugh at the juvenile shit i think it's such a i think what makes this these juvenile jokes so great is that the movie is so clever that you can see that so many of the jokes are like these really these people are really clever who have written them but they've purposely written them like as juvenile and silly as possible (laughs) yeah and it's just non-stop that that you can't like stop and be like oh what the fuck what the hell was that supposed to be it's just like no yeah yeah 100% in on how fucking goofy all of it is yeah yeah and it's like, yeah, yeah no, it, we're not it, trying the, to be really classy. It's it's juvenile no, no, as hell. Even the even the crass kind of stuff, like um, where uh, the agent um, comes back and he's been oh, crushed he's into been a crushed cube. Crushed into the cube, <laughs> and and um, uh, she's like leaning over him, and the the antenna comes out. It's like yeah. a dick joke. Even that, it's like the whole movie is so goofy, and and they kind of just put it in there because like dick jokes are funny. Yeah. Like dick jokes can be fu- fucking funny. Really juvenile crass shit can be really fucking funny. Um, but they don't put any like auga or like kind of uh crash zooms on her tits or anything. Like it's just it, it it's a it's the classiest way to tell a kind of classless joke. Mm. Yeah, because he's sort of like he's this like oh agent gentleman-y kind of guy. Like he's not being sleazy. He's like Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I've gotta I've gotta try and be like <laughs> not, like yeah, not pay attention, not not draw attention <laughs> yeah. to this or anything. He's kind of just yeah. like awkwardly stuck there being like, oh shit, what do I do? This isn't this isn't cool. 
Yeah. And I mean, hey, it's 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 uh fucking equal opportunities for for ogling here. As much yes. as they've got like the the tit jokes, very next scene is like all the all the male ballet dancers have <laughs> huge, huge cocks. <laughs> I have that written down. Oh god, so huge fucking good. penis ballet. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, the, like they're all lined up <laughs> in two rows and the ballerinas are like stepping <laughs> and like across their dicks. Like they're on yeah, wires yeah, yeah, yeah. and you hear like the boing spring noise <laughs> when they take a step. <laughs> I love all that stuff, and I love the they've got heaps of those like uh, silent film, like Buster Keaton uh, impossible gags where they it, it's Force almost like an optical stuff. illusion. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. The big uh, or phone. where they'll they'll take <laughs> yeah the big phone the the bit where the um the platform that they're at oh, like yeah. rolls rolls, rolls past and it's actually the train. yeah 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 and then there's the guy running to catch the platform <laughs> <laughs> and then the next shot there's a guy running to catch a tree <laughs> <laughs> the um. I love how the camera comes out of the train window to show the platform rolling away and it's yeah. just in a car park on wheels. Like, it's not even... A, like It's not like it's also a train cart on real train no. tracks or something. It's just like, they shot this in the fucking car park. Yeah. It's so good. I think that the... The, the level of juvenile wit on display in this movie, I think this is like the shining example of something that rivals the British humour of Monty Python. I was that thinking like that too. This yeah, yeah. and Holy Grail are like share so many similarities in mm-hmm. how they're spoofing something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just f- fucking fantastic. When he's on the train and he's painting and he's like putting his thumb out to get perspective of all the yeah. trees going by <laughs> and then you and see then the, the painting and it's just blurred. a blur. <laughs> it's so fucking good. I love those sorts of those sorts of gags where they take something that like like a phrase or an idea like of course if you're if you're drawing something out the window or like your perspective of something out the window is going to be blurred so the drawing should reflect that when they go to like find a closet to hide in and there's the janitor's closet <laughs> and, and they open it up and a janitor's in there. A fucking janitor like, in there it's one of those things where it, 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 it elicits such like hard belly laughs from me <laughs> because it's the sort of thing where you, you go what the fuck but if you think about the logic behind the joke you go yeah of course <laughs> like that, that why don't why don't janitor closets work like that in real life you know <laughs> Oh fuck! It's so great. The from the start it starts off feeling very serious. Cause the, the 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 Nazi on the train trying to catch mm. the agent, and then they're on the they're on the <laughs> roof of the train, and the Nazi doesn't duck, and he's like, "Oh, I'll duck, and the bridge will get him," and the bridge just gets destroyed, yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of looks back at it like, "What the hell?" Yeah, yeah. So again, like having him like react to everything super seriously and not be goofy is mm. fantastic. And then once you get that like that first reveal of absolute ridiculousness, then it's mm. like, okay, now let's go into Nick Rivers' song about skeet shooting. <laughs> I love the 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 shot of the um like where they've got the the kind of stereotypical like top forty newspaper overlay thing, and the top th- four tracks uh, are all. Uh, Nick Rivers song and they're all about, all about skeet. skeet shooting. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it's such a good it's such a great bloody like music video introduction yeah. thing. Oh my god, the bit with the kids running down the hall past the teachers Just with, with all their guns. guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, and it, like the the way that the that song parodies um is it the Beach Boys? Yeah, yeah, like surfing USA and stuff. I wish they all could be double barrel. Wish they all could be double barrel guns. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting all the people out of the sky and stuff. It's just like all of this stuff. <laughs> oh, like- I was gonna say there's um the the paraglider gag yeah um that's in scary movie 4 as well there's the bit where he he like fires the gun up in the air to get everyone's attention and then a fucking paraglider crashes behind you you're right um which is one of my that that there's 
like as as kind of uh, hit and miss, mostly miss as Scary Movie Four is. That's a gag that I I remember laughing at hysterically mm. as a kid, and I still find it really charming. I love how it escalates. Like something that something that I I find really endearing about this movie, and I was trying when watching it, being like, why is so many many of these things ch- more charming and mm. uh, pulled off in such a more endearing way than what Scary Movie Three does? Mm. I think it's the commitment that they do to these gags, like the stunt work of dudes having shotguns on their back and like getting up and surfing and then pulling the shotguns out and firing (laughs) them up into the air. It's like that took like real stunt people. That wasn't just some cheap shit. That was like, that's actually really hard to get like five people in the same shot to be surfing and do it properly. I had a similar thought with the bit where they're they're laying out their plans on the ground and they've got like the miniature train set going by and stuff. Like so much effort goes into like one gag. Yeah, one little gag. It's just a throwaway thing. Yeah, whereas in the Scary Movie franchise, like so often they'll just resort to like a goofy mask and a a kick in the nuts or something. Yeah, yeah. It feels, even though there are, again, there are jokes in that movie that work, uh, it's... It feels cheaper. Yeah. I think also maybe just because it's a bit older, there's like the grittiness of the film makes yeah, it feel yeah. like more legitimate. Yeah. That you're I think watching so and you're like, yeah, this looks like an old movie. Well, yeah, it has this like old kind of uh, like old Hollywood quality mm. to it where you go, yeah, I'm watching a legitimate movie and then all this in- insane shit happens. Yeah, like as the skeet shooting music video goes on, like things just escalate more and more. Like they're shooting, they're shooting the clay pigeons, and everyone's loving it. And then they're like, "Oh shit, we shot those those people's uh, par- parasol thing." And then some people <laughs> run away. And then they're like, "Yeah, then we shot the fucking hang gliding person out of the sky." And then they shoot down a plane. Yeah, um, I love how like they're running, like they're running down the beach, and all the women are like seeing the dudes with the shotguns and like chasing after them and leaving their boyfriends. <laughs> and the, the shot that made me laugh so hard. It's not the lady. She's like lying belly down in the sand. And she <laughs> lifts up the her boobs. Like, yeah. like, there's holes in the sand. Again, really like dumb, crass shit, but really so dumb. fucking fun. But like it's just really fun. quick. It doesn't feel, and it doesn't feel like, I don't know, malicious or anything. Yeah. No, it, it feels just like uh, it, it has this kind of like uh, Marx Brothers glasses. Yeah. Like, you know, come on, this shit's funny. Yeah, that kind of shit, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, there's so, and, and there's really clever stuff in here as well and like really like blink and you'll miss it kind of uh like sight gags or or prop gags like the newspaper that the um that the agent's reading on the train is called the daily oppressor yeah and um when they uh the guy comes in to the the german's office with the uh the note that you know to get stamped and stuff oh God. at the top it says like yeah the the line under the the title it's like east germany better government through intimidation <laughs> oh is that the same guy that comes in with the note and he's got the helmet and he takes the helmet off but the strap for the helmet stays on his head i didn't notice that <laughs> oh my god it's that's so, so funny there's um i think because i've only seen it that couple of times there's the things that i remember making me really laugh last time but mm. there's so many blink and you'll miss it moments that i'm yeah, waiting for I- the funny moments that i remember and then i get absolutely blindsided by some really fucking childish goofy shit and it just makes yeah. me laugh out loud uh, i would love to watch this movie with friends like soon ideally find some mates who haven't seen it and and enjoy that with I think with them. a lot of people have seen it. I never hear it like you hear Aeroplane talked about so much mm. um, growing oh. up and I didn't yeah, hear yeah. anything about this. No, me neither. Me neither. Mr. Nick Rivers. We have been awaiting the arrival of the famous Americans. And the, and he like looks out the window and he can see all of like the military like stopping the guy with the package and all the dogs are barking at him. Where are they taking him? They are not taking him anywhere. 
And then the dogs rip the package open and it's just a package just of dog, dog biscuits. Treats. It's just yeah. dog biscuits. <laughs> I like the little dog that comes up and is barking with the big dogs. Yeah. It's so funny. I love the the Indiana Jones style showing the plane trip uh, and the, the the train and everything. And yeah. then it like cuts in again and you're like, oh, look, that's funny. The dotted line, you can see it going into the station. And then it keeps going and keeps going, like the car's driving along and then it turns mm. into Pac-Man and you're like, yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. I feel like there are enough references here that are like totally timeless as well. Or again, we've talked about this with other movies where they'll they'll just happen to reference something that was popular at the time. That's why they referenced it. But the thing that they referenced happened to have a huge. I think that's like, the, uh, I think that's the case with Pac Man. That it's like it's yeah, lucky yeah. that Pac Man has stood the test of time. That that is still like everybody knows what that video game is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think one of the only things that I think was maybe like not, it's not like really bad, but it was just something where today I was like, yeah, okay, that's like less clever than the rest was when the, um, when they're getting like the medals and stuff or Uh like the awards and they're like, oh, the female Olympic team comes out and it's just a bunch of really like buff dudes in dresses. I was like, yeah, "Eh, yeah, like at the time, sure. But like, that's not really like a very clever joke anymore. Yeah. I mean, I still, I still think I still laughed just Mm. because it's like, not because like the joke they were making at the time wasn't lol like transgender people like they were like j- making the the joke that the german the german women's olympic team would be like obscenely buff it's not that they're men in drag it's that they are they're yeah, women but they're fucking ridiculously buff i think it's a joke that wouldn't fly today because of people's um i, I think there would be an assumption of ill will or ill intent behind that joke yeah sure but i think like a lot of it is just like oh let's like american love bashing on the Germans and obviously yeah. with a World War II movie they're going to do that but I think yeah. like the joke they make after that where they sing the national anthem about them all being depressed and that they can't try and run away or they'll that's get funnier. shot that's funnier that's funnier yeah. like that's a bit more funnier because it's it's not shitting as much on the German people and just being like oh all of their women are masculine it's like oh no it, it's the Nazis that are the bad people not the yeah, not the sure. citizens I think that's yeah. just like it's got a little bit more nuance to it that's that made yeah. me laugh yeah 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 I, and, and I agree that's a better joke i love the um the funny codes they have that they have to like and there's like do you know any good white <laughs> basketball players there are no good there white basketball no good players <laughs> <laughs> who do you favor in the virginia slims tournament in women's tennis i always root against the heterosexual taking that again that 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 trope of secret yeah. code words that you answer the question with a specific answer to know that you're yeah, there yeah. you're like they're your informant to like just ridiculous levels like funny, funny jokes on visual effects where they like look down the window at the at the city street and there's the cars going along, but then there's just fucking mice like <laughs> running around. And, <laughs> yeah. and then they give the, the 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 mice like sound effects, like goofy, like they have the car sound effects, like when yeah, it like yeah. rolls over, it's making like a screeching noise, like a car crash. Yeah. Um, when he's in the prison, I love taking the like they take the priest and he's doing the prayer and then they, and they electrify the priest in the chair <laughs> to like to prove a point. And it's like it's it's a it's a good gag, but it also makes sense because in those movies they always do something obscene to show how you like know now uh, you know we're being serious. serious. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the like the 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 penalty for murder is death by firing squad. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's like, let's hope for you that he makes a recovery. And then he's on the phone. He's like, uh huh. Okay, let me know if he's if his condition changes at all. And then he hangs up the phone and he goes, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love, one of my favourites is when they start torturing him. Do you know which room the final chemistry exam is in? 
All the exams are over. Haven't you been to class? No. But it's the end of the semester. No. No, I haven't studied. Oh, no. I'm back in school. I can't believe I'm back in school. Thank God. Do you know where the whatever chemistry exam is? And the guy turns around and he's like so awkwardly turns around and just goes, all the exams are over. <laughs> it, it's funny how like that that um that idea of like that kind of dream. Everybody has those dreams, and that is as funny now as it was, you know, thirty years ago. Just last year, I had it like for the first time where I where I had a dream and I was back at school, but I was like, I don't know what my timetable is. Where are my classes? Like, what class am I supposed to go to? What am I doing here? <laughs> And oh, yeah, you dear. get really stressed and you wake up and you're like, oh, fuck, why am I so, so fucking stressed about a, a school dream? <laughs> um, we've been talking a lot about like the spy movie, World War II, Nazi movie shit, uh, those gags being really good. I love all the musical numbers in this. I love yeah. all the all the Elvis movie gags. That that scene where he's performing to the, the German crowd and like keeps trying to kill himself yeah. like, as part <laughs> yes. of the song. Like he has the, the stove on stage and the yeah. noose and stuff. And he lies down on the train tracks. And he's yeah, like that's right. he's like backing quartet after like take him out of the noose. <laughs> Um, and like goofy stuff, like he throws the the guitar up and it doesn't come down. They've got some good gags in there with uh, like sound design and stuff. Like when he's doing the kind of soft ballady track, it cuts to a, a shot of a woman and she's like screaming, but there's but no you can't scream hear the sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. I love how he like he does the Elvis thing so well with the, the oh, hips and dude. the the, yeah, the, and the, the legs, um, yeah. like the the swain and the what do you call it the the thrusting. Mm. He fucking nails it. He's so good in this movie. This is um uh, yeah no nah, this is his first film. Yeah, and wow. it's like boom blown away. Like what a fucking fantastic performance. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. He yeah he has all of those qualities of like he can do the Hollywood leading man thing, but he totally like gets the humor and 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 pay, pays off all those jokes in a way yeah. that feels like he is self aware and doing a really good performance in comparison to say like um a little bit of a tangent but Starship Troopers with um mm. the lead actors in that feel like they didn't understand that they were being in like a, a fucking it feels like that entire movie is this like satirical thing against fascism and they mm. didn't understand that. They were just cast for being the really pretty, attractive leading man and lady and they were just yeah, like kind yeah. of just reading the script, performing like they thought they should. It didn't feel mm. like they they were in on the joke. Val Kilmer absolutely fucking kills it. Um, I love yeah, definitely. when he's performing to all the, the screaming girls and he leans over with the microphone pole, but it like pulls out of the stand and then he goes like 12 <laughs> feet away and it's still and longer, leaning. Yeah. All yeah, these just yeah, dumb, yeah. dumb like puppeteering, special effects jokes things. I just love them. Yeah, I like it where he gets the girl up on stage and she's like crying and shit, and she he, he, she like falls down and there's this huge, huge thud, <laughs> like <laughs> incredibly shit. painful sounding thud. Uh, the later on where they're at the um they're at the milkshake like the uh, the that's the shake so shop. Great. Yeah, the pizza place and they've all got milkshakes in in fucking East Germany. Like it's this it's this like Elvis movie diner yeah. in East Germany and they're having this like resistance and the rest of know, the resistance that have there. arrived before them are all sitting there drinking shakes waiting for them <laughs> <laughs> yeah the bit where Nick and Hillary are like arguing and everyone in the back 
uh, like the background of that shot yeah, is pulling just like the cheese pulling the, the cheese like further and further. It's so weird. Like, and and it it starts happening just kind of so gradually that you you don't notice it until it's already started. And yeah. you go, wait, how long have these people been just playing with cheese? Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think that like as the movie goes on as well, those things they become such huge set pieces. They're not just these quick throwaway cheap gags. It's like no the that whole dance number that he does with the the rug song. Oh. I um, love that. And then yeah, he's like that was so joyous. running off the wall, pushing rugs around and stuff and jumping out yep. windows and, and stuff. Um, Trilling through the floor. Yeah. And like the dance choreography is really good from all the other extras. It's like yeah. legit as good as you would see in something like Grease or something. Yep. Um, but then as it progresses, because it's that, you know, milkshake diner dancing where the guys are chucking the girls around they've just got these big dummies that they're just swinging around their heads that made me laugh so <laughs> fucking hard and i i think the the thing that makes all that stuff so much funnier is that they don't uh have insert shots or cutaways to uh highlight those things they just let you yeah that's like see, see them at your own pace yeah, that set is like so deep with background stuff going on yeah it, it's excellent again you don't notice it until it's already it's been happening and you go wait what the fuck and then you turn around, uh, they run out of the, the the milkshake bar and they jump on the bikes and they're like, no, these other bikes. And he's like, yeah, and he scares them <laughs> yeah. away and they run away like horses. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, just like the switching between all of that stuff. It, it, it doesn't have like a disjointedness like mm. some of the scary movie jokes feel like they don't gel together. I, feel, yeah, I think yeah. that... Everything is so absurd to like a hundred percent ridiculousness and slapstick and so quick that it's just like don't think about it, just shut up. Yeah, like it's just yeah. again and again and again, different jokes, different yeah. jokes. I just and again, kind of taking like I said earlier, taking those two kind of plot archetypes, layering them on top of one another, and finding parts that they can combine scenes that need to happen in those sorts of movies. Yeah, to comedic effect, like the bit where um they're jumping out of the plane. Because of yep. course, there's got to be like a jumping out, you know, a parachuting into into East Germany scene. Sure, why not? But they've also got to, you know, address the the romance uh, conflict subplot. So let's do those things at the same time, mm. and and like to the point where they have the like the pan away, you know, the embrace and the pan over to the fireplace, but they're still parachuting down. So I there's a fire, an active fireplace parachuting down. It's so good that they do the thing where it's like he goes past, and then she's like, "Oh, Nick," and he comes back up. <laughs> and, but then she also does the dramatic <laughs> and, and turn like, away, yeah, the ma- dramatic turn away in the hand on the shoulder. And then the over, to the, ca- over to the fireplace. It's awesome. Mm. I love the, that previous scene as well when they embrace. Oh, the, the, he folds the guitar onto him. Yeah, all of it, dude. Like she tells this super tragic backstory and then his backstory is like his mum left him in a shopping centre. But and like, they, it, and it's one of those things where you go like, oh, are they going to like, is the gag going to be that he thinks that's as bad? At, like as that he's ever had it? Yeah. The gag is, no, he got left in a shopping center forever, and then they he grew up and, in and, the shopping center. Grew center. up in a shopping center, like it's 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 uh, it's like almost a, a comparatively tragic, but just in like a different ridiculousness. Context. Yeah. yeah, and then um and then the song that he plays that it was like the first thing that came like the first song he ever wrote. <laughs> it's a Macy's and commercial, <laughs> and it is a Macy's jingle, and it's like half a Macy's jingle commercial, but then also half of this romantic song that makes her want to sleep with him. Uh, yeah, and then like. They, then yeah, then like they finally start kissing, and the fucking guitar just like crumples away. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're rolling around, and the camera pans over to the fireplace. But then they like roll back over to the fireplace, and then the camera pans across to a second fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, when they're like infiltrating the the prison and stuff, that whole bit is is so goofy and so that whole section kind of reminded me the most of of Monty Python, partially because of the the location, I guess, the kind of mm. castle, yeah, uh, yeah. fort uh, imagery and stuff. My favorite favorite gag in that sequence and and possibly the whole movie is the where the guy flips the soldier over the edge of the thing and yes. he shatters, yes. like and it's just it's entirely porcelain. How did you think of that? <laughs> yeah. What? How? How did you pull that off? It's like, such what a shocking did visual. You go, it's incredible. Yeah. What lengths did you go to make that <laughs> ridiculous shit a reality? I love it. It's incredible. And just the everything about it, the sound effect, even of just like because he, he he's falling like t posing. Yeah. So yeah, almost, it catches yeah. you completely off guard because they've still got the sound of him going like ah <laughs> and like just shatters on the ground. It catches me so off guard. <laughs> It is. That is probably like one of like maybe my favorite joke in the in the movie as well. Mm. I love all of the French resistance, and they just have all of, all of the stupid names that are just French words. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck, dude! Chocolate Moose is fucking wonderful when he's, he's like awesome. eats the cigar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, uh, he drinks gasoline and shit. Yeah. So cool. I love how like they've all uh, they've all got their different like outfits on, and there's the dude with like the vest full of knives, and then it scrolls across further, and then there's a dude with like a bunch of ladles and, and spoons <laughs> in his vest. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like oh holding his ladle threateningly. <laughs> one of my the one of my favorite uh things is where they take like a a goofy trope and just repeat it kind of uh to to the but but spread out enough that you forget the joke exists mm. or you forget you you don't realize that it's a recurring gag until it's happened for the third time yeah. in like an even more disconnected context. Latrine? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time Latrine comes in, and it's always <laughs> Latrine, and he like and comes like- in, he's in the same like injured makeup, and he's like he's that character. We never had insurance. It was a slaughter. We must put a stop to this afternoon football oh. games. I also like that castaway gag thing is like, oh yeah, that's kind of really funny and goofy. And yeah, it is this like reference to this other movie that you don't, you don't necessarily have to see, but the fact that he shows back up as an adult and he's still in like, he's still like greased up with the, with yeah. the necklace on <laughs> yeah. and the same blonde hair, like yeah. him returning in that setting of world war two is such a good payoff as well. Yeah, yeah, and then they've got all the fucking goofy, like, she's measuring his biceps and, like, pops up into frame and she's holding the tape measure like she's been measuring his dick and shit. (laughs) Uh, It's so funny. Uh, Yeah, really, really fucking wonderful film. Um, I had a blast with it. I'm looking forward to to going back over it again because clearly there's so many jokes that have... Uh, you know, it's it's blinking, you'll miss it stuff, and Absolutely. I've, I've surely missed a lot of stuff and and jokes that I've just forgotten because it's so dense that, like you say, you get to the end of the movie and you're like, "Fucking, that was a whirlwind!" Like, mm. god damn, and it does not it does not let up. There's no point where I felt like, okay, this is a slump. This is a slump. I've There's no to, yeah, portion of the it. film as I've been as we've been talking about it. I've kind of been scrolling through it, and at no, there's no identifiable bit. Like we talked about with Walk Hard, where there's like a point where that movie kind of loses a bit of steam, and you're just yeah. kind of waiting for it to end. And there's a few good gags, and it ends on a really high note, but there is a notable slump. Yeah. This does not have that. No, and and such varied like they they mine every different like facet of filmmaking for the for the jokes. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, like like you said, was saying like sound design stuff, like when they're when they're walking along and they're on the leaves and they're all crushing the leaves really loudly and he turns around and just says, shh, and then they just keep walking and suddenly the leaves are silent <laughs> and they haven't, like, changed anything at all. Like, yeah, it's so good. The the Shattering Nazi is maybe my favourite, like, single, like, one little gag. The, mm. the, the underwater saloon 
is a favorite of mine because of how like impossible that is and how long <laughs> it goes for. Like it starts with yeah, them great just punching piece. each other underwater and it's like, oh, it's an underwater fight. And then he gets punched and he falls back onto the bar. bar. And then suddenly there's like other dudes sitting at a table playing cards and he's going to go to shoot him and the bartender smashes a bottle over his head. Yeah, yeah. And he like kicks him out the window and then he like so nonchalantly taking his time, like struts across, picks up the hat, dusts it off. Like it's not like a, oh shit, we're underwater. Like you can't breathe. We've got to do this quickly. They, yeah. That would have taken so long to film just mm. to just for this random, absolutely insane joke that he can ha- spend the time to saunter over, dust the hat off, put it on. There's like the the fucking concubine lady on the bar. And then just like every time like a punch connects, like they like let a bunch of air out of their mouths and stuff and it like really sells like the the um the connections of the punches. It's so mm. awesome. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful. All the the kind of set piece moments uh, are great and again it doesn't lose steam between those moments. One of the most impressive bits for for me was the um the scene that's completely backwards. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I almost forgot about that. The Swedish bookstore. And the yeah. joke is like, hey, we're talking in Swedish and they film the entire thing backwards and reverse it and that's like that's what Swedish is. It's like, hey, they figured out a different way of uh, making fun of the Swedish language besides the Swedish chef, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and a great, a great, again, uh, like kind of um, impossible gag or, or you know, perspective yes. gag with the, the magnifying glass. Glass over the eye. And he pulls it away and he's just got a fucking giant eye. There's a few of those. There's a few of those in and here. And he's got the, but then when he puts his glasses on, he has this like really uneven set of glasses. Yeah. There's a few of those in here with like, with regards to like, facial stuff like where he's pushing the guy's face up against the wall oh yes uh, the that's a great little like wrestling one. with him and and he pulls it away and the guy's face is all like squished up um yeah the guy in the swedish bookstore that was peter cushing who is like again really old veteran actor he was in star wars as one of like the one of the veteran performers in that because a yeah, lot of that was, he, was new people uh who's he in that uh tarkin. tarkin yeah yeah that's right and then, yeah, just to get this, like, really old, professionally British-trained actor, thespian, and be like, we're going to put a big fucking eyeball on your head. <laughs> and that was, like, ILM, the guys that did Star Wars. Like, they yeah, made yeah. that prosthetic for him yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that, that scene is great. As it goes on, it gets more and more ridiculous and then like gives away the gag that everything is in reverse when they fly up the fire pole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when he's like throwing the books and stuff up. Yeah, like throwing you, the books you, up. You kind of cotton on to the gag about 10, 15 seconds in, or at least I did, and then it's just taking advantage of that that gag over mm. and over and over again. It never, you never go, okay, wrap it up. And that, that like the magnifying glass thing, it's like, it's this, it's a fun gag in and of itself, but it's also, uh, there's a, uh, in, uh, when Cushing played Victor Frankenstein in The Curse of Frankenstein, there's a shot where he's holding a magnifying glass up to his eye like oh, that. Oh, that's awesome. So it's like simultaneously this kind of, hey, we're going to get this, you know, this this classically trained actor to play this goofy role, but also a nod to his, you know, legacy. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, yeah, to think about the level of commitment and difficulty to pull off a scene like that. Mm. It's not just, oh, it's a comedy, whatever. It's like they're needing the timing and the choreography as much as any legitimate serious film does to pull off a scene like that because mm. it's it's all in one take. 
Yeah. The fact of the matter is it doesn't get, t- the joke doesn't get tired because they keep building to like more extremes as it goes on, which then when you think about it, to film that, they had to start big and work their way down to the small joke. So then when they flip it in reverse, <laughs> the yeah. scene the scene pays off the way it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's totally. so much time and, and thought and effort and love put into some of this stuff. Mm. It's, it's really fucking impressive. An- another little licensed... Uh, well, not licensed, but like callback to another thing that has te- stood the test of time when she's saying goodbye to all the rebels and jumping on the plane. <laughs> and she's like, I'll miss you most of all, Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, ooh, yeah, good, good. Yeah. I mean, at that point, that movie had already clearly stood the test of time that long. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Chances were it was going to be fairly timeless. Yeah, so absolutely timeless. I noticed on the this right time there. there's even a joke in the credits as things scroll past before it gets to second unit, it just has text that says this space for rent. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Just like wonderfully made movie. So well crafted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and holds up wonderfully. Like, I mean, this is a movie from 80, what, 82, did you say? 84. Oh, 84. Holds up a million times better than some, than, than the scary movie franchise. Mm. Like a movie that, that came out in, in 2000. Or just most modern comedies, not even uh parody films but just comedies in general it's so yeah, much funnier than than most stuff that comes out today what is that why is that <laughs> i was trying to i was trying to think and i, I don't have any answers but Me if neither. we can no okay nah, well i, I, I want to think on it I a think bit it's, it's too late yeah we, we're not going to figure it out this episode no, 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 maybe. absolutely not but i think in like i'm going to think on it and i think when we eventually get around to doing airplane or something maybe by then we'll we have, will like, have yeah. you know have some not fucking answers but some <laughs> ideas of of uh, what happened off the top of my head, off the top of my head, I think uh, the '90s kind of uh, the kind of Generation X like extreme kind of uh, attitude that the '90s brought with it led to kind of you know nothing was taboo anymore, so everything is just crass and like it's it's just about shocking and, and vulgarity and stuff, which was was cool uh, up to a point. And there's some movies that you can say like this still holds up, this is still funny or whatever, uh, and it was pushing the envelope. But I think it's this kind of comedy fell to the wayside. Yeah, and I think I so. Don't think anybody's kind of picked it back up. Yeah, I think that's maybe what I'm what I what I feel like when I'm talking about the Olympic um, female team. I feel like that's one of those jokes that sort of it's very tame by comparison to the crazy American pies and the Freddie Got Fingers. But that uh-huh. was a kind of like it's like a little bit of a crass joke that's like, oh, we surprised you with thisness. And then when you get used to those things, it doesn't surprise you anymore. Mm. It, it's it's not shocking anymore because you're like, yeah, no, I've heard you swear and and shit your pants a lot, like. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Even, like Austin Powers has some of those jokes in it that some of the jokes still hold up and then some of them are very crass and you're just like, yeah, nah, I get it. Like, it's a shit joke. Yep. Yeah, the, I get the it. The guy's fat. The, the, the fat guy. Yeah, he's fat yeah. and he shits his pants. Cool. Yeah, cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think also the the uh, the advent of the, the Judd Apatow kind of style of, of comedy really uh, Stoner becoming- comedy. Yeah, yeah. Becoming so popular uh, and then that the art of written jokes kind of falling to the wayside as well. Like, you know, written jokes had to be really fucking crass for a while. And then it was like, well, don't even write jokes, just get funny cunts to improv. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and get all, and, and if you do write something, it should sound really realistic. This sounds heightened. This sounds like movie dialogue mm, with yeah, jokes in it. Very much so. It feels like a, like a, like they're trying to tap into that like Hollywood golden age of, 
that mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I want there to be more movies like this. I hope there oh, are more movies God, like I this wish. in the future. I, I really hope that we are not all so jaded <laughs> that we can't like uh, we can we can look back and watch these sorts of things and and laugh and it's with a for me it's it's with a kind of a, a, this nostalgic kind of bittersweet feeling where I go fuck there's not really nothing like this coming out at the moment. No. I'd say we're in. For, we are in for a renaissance of uh, I, comedy God, films. I hope so. We are so due for one. I think. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're due for more of this. We're due for more Team Americas. Please. I like maybe part of it is though that when we're looking back on these movies, we're thinking like we're only remembering like the really funny ones that have stood the test of time. So oh, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we've got absolutely. our airplanes, we've got point. our top secrets, we've got our ho- holy grails and our meaning of lives, and that's mm. just like a handful of like six good movies spanning across like the seventies and eighties. Yeah, and then we're forgetting everything else. Well, because we've lived through every Judd Apatow film and every American Pie shitty sequel and stuff, mm. it feels like there's an oversaturation of those movies and not as many like good things yes yeah yeah i think you're right well we hope you enjoyed this week's episode we would love to know what you thought if if you did and if you'd like to support us we we always say that just sharing the podcast word of mouth is really really helpful to to help us grow and help us get in more people's ears so we can tell them what's wrong with comedy these days (laughs) (laughs) um yeah or if you'd like to support us monetarily of course we have a patreon for as little as three dollars a month you can get mm-hmm. access to a, 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 a spew. A, 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 a slew, spew. A spew. <laughs> no. You can get access to a slew of new shows uh, that we're, we're working on. So if, if you're keen for that, if you think that you like how this sounds and you'd like some more, we, we've got you covered over there. Patrons get access to our series Beer Goggle Banter in which we watch shitty movies with friends and booze in order to try and make them slightly better, slightly more bearable. Uh, You get the full commentaries plus a supercut of each episode of that. And uh, additionally, starting this month, we will have for the producer tier a monthly podcast, bonus podcast entitled The Blind Spot where we endeavour to check out stuff that we might have missed otherwise, stuff that's been been on our radar but we haven't uh, gotten around to checking out, as well as new release stuff just things that we happen to have checked out that month uh, either together or independently uh, I, I believe we've both seen the new Suicide Squad movie yeah that's right so we'll be discussing that so again producer tier look into it bonus content for your ear holes and of course all of our social medias are in the episode description below so you can jump on there and tell us your answer to this week's question of the episode oh I want to know I want to know how many people have heard of heard of this movie before who are a fan of uh, of airplane, yeah. Whether was this you, anybody's like was it favorite? On your radar at all, or yeah, or was it a favorite like uh, like it is mine? So next week, Connor, what do you feel like doing? Do you want to stay on the comedy train, or do you have different uh, nostalgic itches that need scratching? Uh, if nostalgic itches persist, see your doctor. Give me a second. <laughs> I recently had a friend uh, send me the Quentin Tarantino, Joe Rogan uh, podcast episode and don't really listen to the Joe Rogan podcast myself. I check out a couple of episodes if there's someone on there who I'm interested in. Um, And I haven't really been that interested in Quentin Tarantino for a while, uh, it was it's someone right. that you you get into when you're in in high school or when you're first starting to get into film because he's a big name. But I think with the the recent him becoming a bit of a meme uh, online, it, it, it's felt kind of easy to dismiss him 
uh, and his works a little bit, mm-hmm. and and I've found myself kind of doing that. But listening to him talk about his work on the on the podcast and stuff, I was like, oh, this is no, this this is a, a genuine talent, and and I want to go back and and watch the first film of his that I saw in the cinemas. Oh like, wow! First cool. movie that I saw, kind of in on the ground floor for, uh, it was in high school. As I, he would I, say, I was 16, the only which would the only real way to have seen that movie. So anybody who watched it on DVD, sorry, you <laughs> fucked up. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Awesome. Yeah, nah, I'm keen for that. And also mm. appropriate, the World War II comedy Hey, true. I hadn't, yeah, 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 yeah. I hadn't even made that connection. But yeah, fuck yeah. It's a, it's, it's like barely a sidestep and we're in the same, fuck yeah, same area, same genre. Awesome. Excellent. Cool. Well, as always, we recommend that you watch along at home before next week's episode as a sort of book club if you want that full 100% amount of context. So join us next time when we find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. See